Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for photographer James Melia. I'm just sort of realising six years in how important it is to take time off. I'm not great at it. Uh, even when I do, I'm still thinking about work. I don't really sort of switch off that much about it. And it's like another child, so you're just always thinking about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything for the world. It is brilliant, but just exhausted all the time. Yeah, so there is James, who is a photographer here in the UK, who actually I discovered because of Sarah Tasker, who's huge on Instagram as me and Orla and is a previous guest. Uh, hugely recommend checking out her episode. I'll link at beingfreelance.com. And in her Instagram stories, she was having photos done and the person doing the photos was James. So then, as these things have a way of happening, I started following what James was doing on Instagram and then taking an interest in his business. That was quite some time ago. But now, finally, um, yeah, decided to, uh, to to have this conversation. So look forward to hearing his story, having seen him as part of literally somebody else's story. Check out Sarah's episode anyway at beingfreelance.com. Uh, James is in a moment but you know i just want to say first of all thank you very much to everybody who came along to the freelance heroes event this week which was amazing freelance heroes is a facebook community and they had freelance heroes day and it was just brilliant i mean thank you so much you can see what i got up to in the vlog so it'll be in next week's vlog but anyway hit subscribe on youtube youtube.com slash there's a link at beingfreelance.com and you'll actually see me Going through the process. I mean, you'll have already seen me go through the process of writing it and rehearsing it, uh, my talk, uh, but actually what it was like going to the day and things like that. Being freelance.com and make sure you check out the vlog. But yeah, hi to you from that. And next month in June, if you're hearing this as it goes out, I will be at National Freelancers Day, which is run by Ipsy, who are the Association for Independent Professionals and Self-Employed here in the UK. They have an event in London. Check out beingfreelance.com. I won't bang on about it too much uh, because obviously there'll be people listening to this after the event or not in the UK who can't go and they'll be like, shut up talking about it. But so go to beingfreelance.com and click on events and all the details are there, including how you can see the podcast being done live. We're doing a live podcast. Anyway, be awesome to see you there right now though i'll shut up and let's crack on and say hello to this week's guest freelance photographer james melia hey james hello 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 whereabouts in the uk are you based i'm up in west yorkshire uh in just a little village called rippenden just on uh, just on the edge of the pennines in between leeds and manchester very nice very nice okay so as ever how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance uh, do you want the long, long version or the short version? Well, I don't mind a long version. <laughs> Especially, it's always intriguing how people have ended up doing what they're doing. Yeah, um, the the short version is that um, I was working in a funeral home and uh, I I wanted to get into photography, so I started shooting weddings. Um, the longer version is I travelled quite a bit before that. Uh, I worked in film in Vancouver. Just sort of fell into it, and first first sort of film that I worked on just as a PA was uh, Final Destination Three, 
And uh, so I got to watch a car park for sort of 16 hours a day. And that was my first intro to the sort of photographic side of, of all this. Worked in the film industry over there a little bit, traveled a bit more, went to work on a cruise ship, ended up in uh, South Africa. Worked in TV and film out there. And then one of the producer's wives was a fashion photographer. And she needed a hand. And at this point, I didn't know anything about what was what. So works worked with her anyway and um, just, just got going from one thing to the other. She passed me on to another fashion photographer, a guy named Jack. And by the I still, I, ju- I think I'd just about bought my first camera then and was getting into sort of the more fashiony side of it. And it. It was good. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was just very, very different over there to the, it, what it is in the UK. Cause so then when um, I decided to come back to the UK, I wanted to be this big fashion photographer. Or like, not big fashion photographer, but I wanted to do well in the fashion industry because I just loved it. But photographing people in the Indian Ocean versus uh, photographing people in Manchester and Leeds is it's a little bit different. So um, yeah, I had to I had to subsidise that, and unfortunately, my uh, my dad took me on. Which uh, my dad, <laughs> my family business is a funeral home. So I've worked I worked with them for quite a few years while doing bits on the side, and then eventually uh, took the plunge. And the quickest, well, not the quickest way, one of the best ways to take the plunge was to start shooting weddings, and uh, went from one thing after the other with weddings. Wow, that is a great long story. <laughs> Even the long story felt like you must have left a lot out. When was that moment? Can you remember like when it was that you thought, Do you know what? No, I'm just going to go for this. I'm going to. Yeah, it was, um, it was just a really surreal moment just with just the work. And obviously a really massive passion for photography. I always like just, it just drives me completely. But, you know, getting to that point where I was I was working full time I was so busy on a weekend and in the evening just staying up late doing this that and the other and I just thought I'm, I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it and um yeah and I don't know if I can hand my notice in with my own dad I guess, I guess I did <laughs> my family have been very very supportive and I'm very lucky in that sense uh, and obviously they helped me out with the job and did you have kids then no, no, no kids then. No kids. And it was easy. It was, it was looking back now, I, I shouldn't have complained at anything because having kids just makes things. Do you, have, <laughs> do you have children yourself? I do, yeah. Yeah, it's just um, it, everything's like 10 times harder. And you, I'm constantly looking back going, it was so easy then. But like now it's, it's just <laughs> a lot harder. I love it, but it's, it's just so much harder. So, but it, we, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything for the world. It is brilliant, but just <laughs> exhausted all the time. But, you know, there's more humour in life now. So you struck out as a wedding photographer. Did that mean that you'd, you'd let the fashion side go? Like, how did your business evolve? Did, did you stick with wedding photography? So my wife is a makeup artist, and she sort of suggested that I go into um, weddings. Because, you know, you should shoot this wedding. And she, she had a wedding of uh, this local couple. And she said, oh, you should just come along and shoot it and see what you think. And, you know, like, don't put it down. Because I just thought they had to, you had to be a certain type of person to shoot weddings. When in reality, you don't anymore. And it's changed massively over the years. And we know lots and lots of different wedding photographers. And we all get along. And it's, it's, you know, it's a lovely sort of industry to be in. It was just, for me, it was just one of those industries that it, it never really sat well with me. Like, I, I never felt, well, I did, I've always felt comfortable with it because she's photographing people. But I, um, I kind of wanted to um, sort of progress so, so how did your business evolve from there? So you you didn't quite feel like you fitted in doing weddings? Uh, yeah, well, to, to a certain 
degree. Um, I always I had this dream of sort of working in high end fashion and stuff like that, but obviously it didn't, it didn't come to pass straight away. And you know, like I'm not saying that it wasn't possible, but obviously started having to pay bills and things like that. And weddings just sort of fit the bill. But evolution, I guess, with with it all, it's just it's sort of naturally progressed from weddings into something else now. And what is that something else? Um, it's, it's more of the portrait side of things. So we've taken a step back on weddings, but we're still shooting them because we love them. And it's a, sort of a fabulous thing to be involved in. But just, again, with three children, it's not an excuse by any means, but we want a really good work-life balance. It's just with having the three kids, you know, because being freelance, you have got advantages and disadvantages. We'll be working at 12 o'clock at night or four in the morning. But at the same time, we get to take the kids to school, you know, like if we want to spend a bit of extra time with them. And that's that's really important to both of us. Yeah. So does your wife now work with you within? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my wife, um, I think it was about four years ago, started shooting weddings. We shot weddings together for, well, yeah, for the last sort of three or four years. And then Margot came along, who's the youngest. And since then, I've been shooting weddings on my own. But Joe's always been involved in the business some way or other. But at the moment, he's just taken on um, all the marketing side of things, which is just, yeah, a massive, massive thing for me. Because it's just a real big help because it's, you know, trying to shoot and market and do all this these days. Um, there's too many social media apps to update, <laughs> which is which is great. It's great. But, um, yeah, it can be a bit misleading sometimes. Yeah. So, so what does marketing look like? How do you find your clients? How do they find you? Um, well, it was mainly we started out on social media. So when Facebook, about six years ago on Facebook, I just really, really hammered it. Uh, and put everything out there that I could. But, yeah, it's it's just sort of, with Facebook and social media, it's changed so much these days. The, I, we, we still don't know. So we're trying different ways. Like So we, we're starting to write them more blogs. We uh, we still put stuff out on Facebook and Instagram. We use Instagram a hell of a lot more. Um, it's really positive. We've got a friend, Sarah, who helps us out every now and again. She sort of gives us a little bits of advice and stuff like that. Which is uh, which is quite helpful. Which I'm, I think you know of her. Yeah. So so this is Sarah Tasker of Me and All of Fame, who's who's on the. She was on this podcast just before she started her own podcast, which seems to have done huge things for her. So had you known her for some time? We've known we've known Sarah for about four or five years. Um, we photographed a wedding last year, which was lovely. Sarah and Rory and their little daughter Ola, and they just they just really genuinely like they just give and give and give the really genuinely nice people um and good friends to have so it's uh it's this lovely to have to have people like that around you especially when you can sort of just ping them a quick message and just say am i doing the right thing on social media because you know we all have those questions so there's obviously a sort of a business kind of uh you know you can help each other out business-wise as well like are, th- are there other people who who you have around you there is a community we speak to a lot of other photographers around us which is which is always helpful and we can always ping each other messages and we you know like if we can help others we like to yeah every time anyone's ever messages i always try and give as much as i can because when i was starting out there was a couple of photographers that really helped me out for no reason it was you know they weren't going to gain anything and i just think that's really important so yeah other photographers uh, obviously really really helpful sarah is phenomenally helpful um and then just just odd people and stuff like that like instagram is fantastic for really good connections in within the industry and people who are sort of really like-minded which is yeah it's lovely 
How did you go about, uh, especially as you sort of perhaps went from weddings into doing portrait uh, photography into sorting out your pricing, for example? Did you ever have any trouble with that? Uh, yeah, everything's sort of tried and tested. And with weddings, it took, we started off low and then sort of slowly built it up. And the more experience we got and, and did like that. But with portraiture, it's almost a bit like starting again. So we've rejigged everything. But um, with weddings, we sort of did it on, you would inquire, then we'd give you a price and stuff like that. Whereas now everything's, we just wanted to make it nice and clear. Uh, there's no hidden costs or anything like that. Everything's up there on our website to, to, to be seen, really. We've just recently redone all that in in the sense that we don't want any hidden costs by any means. Yeah, so so like doing packages. Yeah, so doing packages. It's just like one set price and then three packages that you can pick from. Or if you want something bespoke, it's all there. And if not, we just want to work with people. So it's just, obviously with a wedding, it's sort of one solid package, and you can add little bits on, and that's it. But with with the portrait stuff, especially working with families, there's there's quite a lot more variables, but. We, we just work with the clients. We, want, we like to get to know them as, uh, as much as possible. It's more of a, a personal thing and figuring out what they want and then and then just going from there. Cool. So when was it that, you know, after you started your being an, a photographer as your main business, that your, your wife joined you? Probably about after two, about a year, two years of being on um, uh, as a makeup artist. And we work alongside each other. We were doing shoots as well, like just test shoots. And she was doing the makeup for us. She still, still, does, still does that now when we need to do it and stuff. But yeah, it was about sort of two years in. So last four, four and a half years, I'd say roughly. I don't, again, blurry because of all the children. <laughs> yeah, because you mentioned work-life balance. And as you say, you know, you can end up working funny hours but it's kind of like a privilege as well but like how did you find like the best ways to kind of like figure that out amongst you especially when you know you're both working on the business yeah it's massive we used to live in a tiny tiny cottage before so joe's uh there's the two older boys and then the younger girl and two older boys so joe's from a previous relationship so they came and they were only they were only little but we lived in this cottage it was it was small to to say the least. It wasn't really well planned out, so we needed to move. But then work got busy, and yeah, it was just crazy. And we sort of tried and tested it. It was really frustrating at times trying to make a balance of it all. But I guess now we sort of we're in a bit more of a, a calmer place because we know whatever you plan, especially around children and around family, it, there's there's something that throws a spanner in the works all the time. Whether it's you know like you know the baby throwing food all down the shelf or one of the boys got an extra class um, later tonight or the, one of them ever won an award at school or something like that, and you you know you, you've got to do these things. But it's part of being freelance, I guess. We just obviously we just take things now a lot more humorously just because you've, you've got to laugh at these things, really. I see. So, like, yeah, so try not to let it get to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like, we, we've got a plan. Like, um, at the moment, Joe will work on a Tuesday, a Thursday and a Friday. I'll have Margot on a Tuesday. And you're like, we've got a plan in structure, and we know what's happening most days. But, you know, anything could happen, and we don't know. So if something changes last minute, it's not the be-all and end-all, and we just try and see the light side of it. And if we have to work... Um, I'm, I'm quite happily to be an early riser. I'll uh, I'll get up at sort of four four three o'clock in the morning, and work that. That's the sort of the quietest time and the best time for me. But whereas I know some people can just stay up all night. Uh, I just I can't keep my eyes open. Wow. So you might get up at three or four in the morning and start work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When would you have gone to bed? 
Uh, well, it's not so much for going to bed. It's usually just collapsing. Um, <laughs> but it's just, um, yeah, it's just when, uh, um, so the kids, yeah, when the kids go to bed, it's usually about half nine till half ten, and then I'll be out. I can't keep my eyes open, and same, same for my wife. But then I'll quite happily get up at four in the morning and start working if stuff needs to be done. But I've always been an early riser, so I guess it's just just work with what you you feel most feel comfortable with. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so it's it feels natural for you to be working at that time. Plus, the house is actually quiet for once. Yeah, yeah, nice quiet house is uh, it's always a it's always a good thing. Sometimes. Do you have a separate work space within where you live now? Yeah. We've moved recently. When we lived in a, the cottage, we actually had um, a little office space down the road in the village, uh, which we've still got, but we use it for a studio now. But the new house that we moved to, there's a separate um, annex building, which the previous tenants used as a bedroom, but it's just perfect for, which is where I am now, it's perfect for a bit of an office. So, so we work down from here. So it is separated from home, but I am at home all the time, which is lovely. And do you then stay out the way, if you see what I mean? Like, Yeah, well, on, on certain days I'll stay here to sort of a set time and then I'll go and I'll help with uh, tea um, and then bath time, bedtimes and stuff like that. And then, you know, if more stuff needs to be done, I'll come down here until I can, can't keep my eyes open anymore and then and then do that. But it's just, yeah, we just we try and take the kids to school. We want to be both involved. Like it's one of the most important points about being freelance for us that I think we'd struggle going back into um, a nine to five job in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. That flexibility around your family. Yeah. But, you know, like at the same time, I find it really hard to shut off from the job because we love it. And it's all in, it is like another child. So you're just always thinking about it. It's <laughs> a nice way of putting it. Yeah. And how about taking time off? Yeah, I'm just sort of realising six years in how important it is to take time off. I'm not great at it. Uh, even when I do, I'm still thinking about work. I don't really sort of switch off that much about it. And it's not particularly healthy either. It's a blessing and a curse. That's the, sort of the biggest challenge and uh, the biggest buzz for us. You mentioned that Joe helps you out, or Joe does the marketing for for the business. Like, Who does the, I don't know, I guess, I guess the admin side of photography as in there's a lot that must come before and after a shoot beyond just taking the photos yeah well we both we, we use a lot of software to um we just started using studio ninja i don't know if you've heard of it but it's um it's, it's, a good it's name. yeah yeah it's uh, i think it's an australian um company a couple of guys out there have designed it it's it's mainly for photographers but it's well i know other people that are using it and it's absolutely brilliant so we just started using that and that's a cloud-based thing so we've got that on our phones and on our macs and things like that so like i use that mainly and then joe can keep up to date with it when if and when she needs to so what does it what does it do yeah, it's, it's, um, it's like studio-based software. So every time we have a new job or an inquiry, it comes straight through to there. It, it sort of inputs data. Um, it keeps everyone's information there and then gives us a, like a, work, a workflow for each job. So it's, um, it, it's brilliant, really, in the sense that it sort of keeps me on track of things, you know, just if we need to um, like do certain things in a certain time, like if I have to edit images, it can remind me when to do them. And, you know, like it's all pre-programmed, but it's, um, it's fantastic. And it updates Google Calendar, which is on all our phones and runs our life at the moment. <laughs> awesome. Does it do invoicing as well? 
Yeah, yeah, invoicing, um, invoicing, quotes, the, the the rest of it, and it's all uh, it's really, really sort of user friendly as well. We've used some other stuff before, and it do brilliant software and it's fantastic, but not as user friendly. And so, starting to use Studio Ninja, it's um, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. That's brilliant. So it's like a project management tool, a customer database, invoicing is all in one, it's, especially when there's two of you working on the business as well. So with all that data that you then have, you know, like where you're, you obviously you have customers take their photos, like do you remarket then to those customers again, if you see what I mean? So beyond just putting stuff out on Instagram, are you targeting to people who have already you've already worked with? I guess so, in, in the sense that we'll tag them in pictures and stuff like that, but we don't directly market to them unless they want to. We've got a, a newsletter that we sort of send out every every now and again, and we're just sort of building that side of things up. And we, we sort of mention it to couples and, and sort of people who, because a lot of the people who come to us have, you know, a genuine interest in photography, even if it's, you know, a mom and they just want to take better, better pictures with a phone. So a lot of people will sign up for that. But yeah, we don't we don't directly market to people sort of after the fact at the moment, but I'm not saying it's never say never. Cool. So so you're saying that you do you do courses, do you? Yeah, yeah. We've done um sort of a couple of one on one courses and mentoring and things like that at our place. And it's just all custom where people have just really wanted it and we've put it out there at the same time and they've come along and we've told them as much as we can. We don't really hold anything back and it's it's just nice to watch people learn and you get a real buzz out of uh, teaching as well. I didn't realise how much of a buzz, but you do. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really lovely. That's cool, yeah. Putting on those courses came out simply out of recognising the fact that people were asking you those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, people people are asking us. And then I just sort of said, well, you know, you know, if you want to come round, we can work something out. And it just it's organically grown from there. It's not been a conscious thing just to go, right, we're going to do workshops to make X amount of money. Uh, we probably should have done. But uh, it just sort of organically happened. And then we've been working on other stuff. So, yeah, we still we still do them. And we love them as well. It's really nice because a lot of the people that come along, they've got a real passion for photography. And you're, you're so we, and it's just lovely to speak to people like that because it's everyone's like-minded in that sense. Yeah. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself. Make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me? Right, I am absolutely terrible at this, but I have I have got something for you. Um, and it's wedding-related because I just tried to make it as humorous as possible. Uh, all in the same year, I, uh, I once got hit by a golf ball at a wedding. I once fell into a pond at a wedding. And I, uh, oh, and the third one is I once got bit by a pig at a wedding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. This this really is like a Richard Curtis movie. All right. So you got hit by a golf ball at a wedding. Is that because the wedding was at a golf course or did they just have like really hardcore confetti? No. <laughs> no. Um, it was uh, it was a venue where they've got um, a single course, uh, whatever it is. But uh, a lot of the time they will, they will play for a bottle of champagne. I've been to this venue a couple of times and they will play – and I was just stood at the wrong angle and um, someone who was probably a couple of drinks in and didn't know how to play golf. And I thought I was at an angle where I was not going to get hit. And it just, it's straight, straight for my camera. I moved my camera and just, yeah, it clocked me in the stomach. Oh, 
Okay, number two, you so you fell in you fell, <laughs> you fell in a pond with with your camera. Uh, yeah, yeah, with the camera. Just so, just before the ceremony, there's um, at the same venue. There's a large pond, um, and it was covered in algae. I was just getting shots of like the guests and stuff like that. And this little boy running around, and I just took a step back a bit too quickly and uh, waist deep into uh, into the water. And yeah, I managed to lift the camera up, but unfortunately, I was I was sort of drenched from the waist down, and I had to borrow some clothes off a guest, and I was. It was just, it was just mortifying, but yeah, it, it happened. And yeah, you were bitten by a pig. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're doing a wedding up in um, a venue up in Scotland, and have you heard of the drink Hendrix, the gin? <laughs> no. No, oh, so there's, there's a gin called Hendrix, and a lot of their branding is, um, it's all quite macabre stuff, so it's all like circusy stuff, and they have this farm next door, and there's a pig called turbo ironically um just to make the story a little bit weirder he normally pulls this cart for the hendrix gin company and and things like that so this pig is supposed to be fairly tame and stuff like that but he just really didn't like me i've never been around pigs before so it's a bit of a shock so i was walking the bride and groom through a field uh, i think joe was with me as well at the same time and um the pig just took a disliking to me and just started chasing me and then went to bite me on the back of the thigh and he bit my camera bag with nothing in it, thank God. But um, but yeah, and then he proceeded to stand on the outside of the gate. On the inside, we were on the outside by this point because I'd, I'd stood in front of the bride and groom because I thought if they get bit, it's not not going to go down well. But it was yeah, it was it wasn't a happy pig. You, you should charge extra for for being like a bodyguard for oh, bride and groom yeah. and animals. Okay, these are all excellent stories for which I applaud you, and I have no idea. Like it doesn't often happen. For I don't even, I don't remotely know which one. I mean, clearly, out of them all, the pig sounds the most unlikely. But equally, I can't quite see how you would make that story up. Um, the pond, the golf ball, the pond, the golf ball. Yeah, I'm going to say you haven't been hit by a golf ball. That'd be um, unfortunately wrong. Um, I didn't fall in a pond. No! Oh, well done. Which makes it even better for the fact that the pig, Turbo the pig, really did. Yeah, yeah, he really did. He really did bite me and he really did chase me out of a field with a bride and groom. Um, who ironically weren't that bothered by this pig biting me or, or getting bitten by a pig. So, yeah. But uh, the guys the guys who ran the um, the farm thought it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I wanted to put me back in there. <laughs> now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, other than stay away from Turbo the Pig, what would that be? <laughs> yeah, uh, that you work longer hours and find it harder to shut off. The more, just um, just the fact that the, the more you um, the love, the more the love you put into something, the more you'll get out of it. Yeah, that that's it. Um, and then just spending more time about figuring out what, what it is that you're, you're really passionate about. Like uh, we sort of fell into weddings and we've fallen into a lot of stuff and we're very, very grateful for what we're doing, both me and Joe. And um, it's got us to where we are today. But uh, I think by sitting down, not recently, over the last sort of two or three years, sitting down and really sort of looking at things and really figuring out what it is that we're drawn to and what we love, it just gives you such more of a, a clearer view and I kind of wish I'd have done that to start with, but then I know by making mistakes, it sort of helps you grow as well. So, yeah, I'd just say, you know, like really figure out what you what is you're drawn to. 
Yeah. So it was taking that time to actually sit down and kind of treat it like a business and think, what is it that we want to do? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we um, we looked at obviously we looked at portraiture and we looked we looked at the weddings and we're trying to figure out because we were shooting so many weddings and obviously the children it, obviously book of weddings is in the summer holidays and time wise and just juggling everything was quite it was quite tough because it's not just a wedding day it's all the editing and things like that uh, that go with it but it, it, you know like it was a fine fine balance and you know like we all like our sleep in our house. So it was just, uh, it was just sort of balancing it all, all out. We, we sort of looked at the portrait side and we were just sort of looking at the weddings and what, what in each image we were sort of drawn to, whether it's, uh, you know, like a blown out background or, uh, you know, like a lens flare or something like that. And then just looking at other people's images and figuring out and then just really honing that in, which is, um, it's, it's really helped. And we're really, we've got a really sort of clear view of, uh, our portfolio, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So it's that really figuring out what style do we want to be known for and putting that work out there. Yeah. Which is awesome, by the way. Go take a look at James and Joe's site. So they, you, Melia Melia Photography, which is a great name. And do you know, I, I love as well from from your site, and I know you said you've recently redone it, so I don't know what it was like before, but the the sense of your your story, I guess, coming across through it, as in like the fact that you are a family and there's kids and you love taking photos of, you know, like it's, it's not just here's some pictures. It kind of speaks of you guys as well. Go to beingfreelance.com. We'll put links through to uh, James's site. And of course, uh, through that as well, we'll also have ways that you can find him online so you can reach out and say hi and see what they're up to. Uh, as we do for all of our guests, of course, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss more conversations and share it with your friends uh, or you know at a meetup or online. That would be awesome as well. But for now, James, thanks so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you ever so much. 